Hi, Steve Addison here for the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're in Los Angeles talking to Rick Priado, Troy Cooper and Mike Puckett about No Place Left LA. Hey guys, what's happening? Well, we are still on uh, somewhat of a lockdown here in, uh, in greater Los Angeles. Um, nothing like what you're going through, but for Americans, it's pretty locked down. Mm-hmm. And um, we have been seeing some breakthroughs in some areas. Um, uh, one example, um, and, and keep in mind, I mean, we have... I think we're learning from the Bible and from from case studies and historians like you that that movements don't happen overnight. But when they do, it seems like they are that there's a lot of praying and fasting and sharing and training, um, just obedience to Jesus. And then when he chooses to move, he chooses to move. I got on a call with Jay Ashcraft the other day. You remember Jay, where we had our bag stolen out of the back of his car in Oakland? Uh, up in the San Francisco area. Um, Jay has been laboring faithfully for four or five years up there in the Bay Area, bivocationally. And uh, earlier in the spring, right before um, the coronavirus broke out, uh, he had an African couple come to him and just ask him, can you show us how to start a church? So he went with them in their home, modeled a basic three-thirds format and uh, just a simple, um, you know, gather around the word, care for one another um, and set goals for obeying Jesus. And he did not hear from them for about three and a half months. And he just recently heard from them and they have been gathering with about 20 people every week. And uh, so just those simple tools. And then um, he said, uh, a few weeks ago, he had a man uh, come to uh, his his office. Uh, he's a bivocational pastor at a church. A man came to his office, uh, African-American man, and said he wanted to be baptized. And Jay said, uh, well, have you ever heard the gospel before? He's like, no. So he shared the gospel with him. And the man said, I want to follow Jesus and be baptized. And, uh, and, and Jay has been making disciples and with a vision to start churches all across the Bay area. And he said, Hey, um, I legally can't baptize you here in the church because of the restrictions we have right now. Do you, do you know somebody that has a pool or a place like a bathtub that we can baptize you in? He's like, yeah, I, I got a friend. So he went to this woman's house and uh, to get baptized and three of her children and uh, one of their friends were there and she and these four kids all said we want to be baptized too and he said well have you heard the gospel before and they're like no so he shared the gospel they all said they want to follow Jesus so he baptized six people and they helped with the baptism as well so they became baptizers and he began to uh, go through the 411 and the commands of Christ and meet with them weekly and they've started a church in their home he's like Troy Jesus gets all the credit for this. Like I, you know, like 
And I'm like, yeah, Jay, absolutely. Of course he, he always does. But, but it's just so clear. Like you've been obeying him and the things that he's asked you to do. And then here he, he does this and, and sees these people come to faith. And so those, those kind of things are, um, we're starting to hear more examples of, uh, of God, just, of just moving. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Jolene and Jonathan Burtz, who uh, Rick and Jenny have been investing a lot in uh, over the last couple of years. Um, she's had a discovered Bible study in her home. And uh, there were some women who have said yes to Jesus. And just in the last couple of weeks, I think three of them, uh, she was able to baptize three of them. They obeyed Jesus in baptism. And, uh, and Puck's got a, a cool story about a, a new disciple. Yeah, man, I got connected with um, uh, this, this young guy. He's probably early 30s um, from uh, a friend on the other side of the world who said, hey, this guy, you need to connect with this guy uh, here in, in your backyard, basically. We got connected, uh, had some lunch together, and uh, he has been following the Lord for maybe two months now. Brand new, about a month when we first met. Uh, it had only been about a month. And so he had just come to the Lord uh, and has come through a really, really hard life. Uh, seven years in prison, four years of addiction once he got out of prison, uh, busted up family, living in a really hard neighborhood. And the Lord has just been setting him free from one thing after another. Um, he's, he's on fire for Jesus, uh, but he's, uh, in healthy recovery. He's even, you know, given up smoking, things like this. And it's just like the Lord is setting him free and he's just praising God for it. And, uh, we were together, um, in uh, the church that meets in our home just a couple of weeks ago and, uh, asked the question, man, have you, have you been baptized yet? I don't think you, you know, I don't think you have. It's one of those where we just connected with him on this side of him coming to faith. And he said, no. I said, well, we need to talk about that. He goes, okay, I'm down. <laughs> and so, you know, I had some folks join me in, in praying for him that he would, he would see that not just as something to say yes to, but something to follow through with in obedience to Jesus. Uh, so our whole church met on the beach uh, the following week and we, you know, sang some songs. Uh, we prayed, we ate some food, had a, a bonfire. It's one of those kind of beaches where you have a bonfire together, you know, we're having church together. We go down to the beach and, uh, and get to baptize him. Uh, and just the other night, uh, a couple of nights ago now, I uh, was, was uh, sitting with him, having dinner at, at my house, just talking a little bit about his life and what he's been through. And, um, and, and we were talking about, hey, who's the most lost person in your life right now? And so he starts telling me about some guys, you know, this one guy, you know, this one guy, Dave, and this other guy, Knuckles, you know, I never heard about a guy named Knuckles before. <laughs> And uh, he's, he's telling me, you know, I'm kind of scared to share the gospel. He gets really nervous as I say this. And he's telling me kind of, kind of nervous. Okay, okay Puck. All right, all right man. I, I see where this is going. He said, I'm just kind of afraid I might get stabbed if I share with him, you know, like I've never had that kind of a concern before, but by the end, we've got a list of people in his life who are far from God. And I said, brother, what, who would have seen you as the most lost person in their life? Look what Jesus mm-hmm. has done to your life. So what might Jesus do in the most lost person in your life uh, and in their life if, you know, they were to come to know him? And so we're starting to pray together through all the names uh, on his list of people who are far from God. And even tomorrow and on, uh, I believe, Sunday, he's got a couple of meetings set with some of those friends uh, to begin sharing Jesus with them. Uh, And we're talking now about trying to gather some of those people uh, to do some discovery Bible study or uh, begin to do church and let them begin to experience Jesus as I help him follow Jesus more, um, more and more obediently 
uh, on his own kind of turf in his in his backyard. So we're just we're just rejoicing. He's just on fire and is trying to trying to do whatever Jesus wants him to do. It's mm. a beautiful thing. Mm. He's such a, a joyful guy. Like he is yeah. bringing a lot of like life and encouragement to the church. At the baptism we did at the beach, we had two other churches from two other cities like in, that are pursuing NPL uh, and then a laborer in, um, in Inglewood come out for the baptism. And it just brought life and encouragement um, to see this guy just obeying Jesus. And it was, it was such a sweet time. Um, You know, what what um, are you seeing, Rick? Well, we're coming off a wildly exciting weekend this past Mm -hmm. weekend. We had a, um, we had a four fields intensive training. Um, The the first one in person we've had Mm -hmm. probably since the lockdown. And so we're, we're trying to be careful and follow all that, but um, we, we did it around a family who was super hungry to get in the word and, and see the things that they'd been practicing week to week in the Bible. And so it's, it's a family that, that Puck has been walking with for well over a year now. And um, he is a professor at a local university and she is a local business owner. Uh, she's a dentist and owns her own practice. And so, so you, they have two kids you'd be hard pressed to find a busier family as far as things they have to do. But they have been taking one step at a time toward making disciples. And, you know, I I think it started going out in the harvest on his university campus and sharing with people they know they had a group in their home. They're working through the discipleship. They're seeing some new people come to faith and they're training a lot of others. And, we're sitting in this room going through the word and they're starting to relate to some of these characters in the new Testament and, and pull out of God's word, what they should be doing next with the people they've been training in the room. And um, it was this moment we've been talking a lot about coalescing, like when things kind of come together. Um, and so Puck and I are sitting there after the training we all three of us are there. Puck and I are debriefing with the family after and, um, the, the business owner, the dentist, uh, she starts to describe how her impression of the weekend. She says, you know, when you're at, when you're at Harvard uh, Dental School, yeah, you know, you know, just you know, when, you, when you find yourself in Harvard Dental School, <laughs> you got to go through two years of medical before you enter the dental program. And she's like, what happens in, in Harvard Medical School is that you, you study each system of the body very in depth, you know, cardiovascular uh, you know, lymph system, all the, all the systems, digestive, and it feels disjointed. And then you've got one class at the end where everything comes together and you see the human body just do its thing with, you know, every part of it working together. She's looking at all the, all the posters from the training around the room. She's thinking about what her people were saying and their plans. She said, that's what this training was. It was the, the step-by-step things we've been taking that are coalescing into like, we, we see how the kingdom's going to advance. Um, and it's been so cool for us. It's, it's a huge Testament to Puck's leadership, but yeah. even more so just the way the Holy spirit has taken this family on a journey. Yeah. And, you know, they went from, we just want to share the gospel to a heart for lost people to a heart for lost people in their neighborhood and then growing their vision into man. What, what's it, what can we give our lives to? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there, there's something about, I think, especially with everybody longing to, to be around others right now, you know, everybody's doing a lot through zoom and consuming content, but just 
being in the room, interacting around God's word. And what does this mean for us? Um, they walked away with ownership like that, that local ownership of the core missionary task was, I mean, you, you could hear it in what they were saying. You could see it in their plans. Um, and, and the other thing, the other thing that they walked away with, I think now more than ever is, um, just the idea of how is it, how is a Christian supposed to use their time, right? Like the days are evil, they're wasting away. So how, how do we use our time effectively? And I think they were like, everybody slowed down a little bit. You have a, you have a second to think about it. And what they're seeing is we've got this church in our home. If we want to see these people multiply, we have to give them our time. Like we have to help them do every step of the process, be with them, assist them in praying, assist them in sharing the gospel, assist them in baptizing and discipleship all the way to church formation and beyond. And, um, and I think the, you know, the, the key, one of the keys to multiplication, uh, maybe second to prayer and fasting is just, is just time with your disciples. And so, you know, what we have right now is an environment where that's, that's what we got. We got time. Mm. So, and it's been, it's been huge. Yeah, we um, we really at that training this last week. Uh, Rick Rick was the lead trainer, and we got to swarm it together. He did a phenomenal job. I think we we had done an iron on iron with Joel Shaw over the weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, Daniel Solid was there and was just stressing the importance of of mauling, model, assist, watch, and leave. Yeah, um, and so Rick brought that as a focus mm-hmm. for the weekend, and um, Jeff. Jeff lovingly challenged us uh, that we've been drifting from the Luke study in the four fields intensive and focusing to like, you know, focus on Paul and Acts, but don't stop focusing on Jesus and Luke. And um, so we've, we made sure to, to um, keep, keep that no matter how much time we had. And so Rick did a phenomenal job after the Luke eight through 11 discover using the four fields, um, to just pull out Jesus modeled, he assisted, he walked. I mean, it was just, it was a mall hammer. And, um, and then just really going after church identity, um, using the church circle and then having some specific passages from first Corinthians to diagnose the health of the church in Corinth. And I think they only had three of the 10 uh, things inside the circle. And, um, and it really spoke like, wow, okay. You know, uh, I can't remember what they were, but, um, but, uh, and then he said, now look, they were called a church. He called them a church. Look at what he says about them at the beginning of chapter one. And, uh, just really talking about now we, now we want to see health, but, uh, and then puck dropped the hammer at the end, looking at, uh, the churches in revelation about how Jesus had removed some of the lampstands and just, just really pointing out like, who is it that says whether it's a church or not? Mm. It, it's Jesus. Mm. And so really going after church identity from the word, it was, yeah. it was, a, it was a powerful weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we've been, um, you know, Will Smith, uh, he and his family have, have moved into the Atlanta area after catalyzing movements over in Asia for, for over 10 years, I know they were instrumental in Rick uh, being mm-hmm. uh, activated into uh, movement work. Um, but 
So they've settled in North Georgia and he is focusing on the diaspora strategy. He's leading that up for E3 right now with a focus on how do we help people in cities uh, intentionally go after uh, the ethne, the unreached, the unengaged. And because um, we've been going after the, the path of least resistance out here, following the relationships. And then the Lord has uh, led us through uh, some friends uh, to connect with uh, Tien, who was going after a large Vietnamese population. Uh, he introduced us um, to uh, a brother at the Keystone Project named uh, Tim Hutchinson. He's got a team that's going after the unreached. Um, we've got uh, uh, the Swedbergs who have moved out here from Atlanta to be a part of our team that are aimed at going over to Asia. Um, they're planning in the next month, uh, praying through, uh, relocating into uh, an apartment complex that for specifically for going out, uh, engaging South Asians. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this training, well, I think it was David Garrison, uh, Global Gates released um, like an infographic on unreached, unengaged people groups in Los Angeles. And I think three of the top five were, were Jewish peoples. And um, the, mm-hmm. one, of, one of the leaders that Jan has been investing in is a guy named Mike, who heads up uh, an organization that's focused on engaging Jewish peoples all across Southern California. He was there with some of his leaders. And um, so as we've been praying and fasting, you know, like, how do we engage the, you know, the how do we go after, um, you know, Will's really challenged us, you know, you got to pray and fast and, and the Lord is beginning to open up uh, these doors and, uh, and bring us, you know, uh, you know, like, honestly, like we're not, we're not looking for them or find like, like God's bringing them to us and we're getting to serve them and wash their feet and show yeah. them from the Bible or, or in this case, Jan uh, is, is, is leading. And um, we're, 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 see, we're just seeing some, some amazing answers to prayer. How long have you guys been in uh, Los Angeles in the region as, as a team? Well, the Priados and us moved out here a little over two years ago. And the Puckets uh, moved out here uh, just over a year and a half ago. Okay. And, so what, um, what are you learning about reaching a, a city, <laughs> one of the world's great cities? Mm-hmm. Ricky? I mean, I, I would say there's no question that the time, how do you steward your time is, is number one or number two as, as far as what do you do in a city? And we, we almost did a little bit of reflection the other day and it was like, man, we were looking at all that God has done. We were celebrating. We said, man, we have like, realistically, we've not even made a dent in the lostness in the city. There is such a massive gap. And we're looking at, we're looking at multiplication across eight streams. We're, we're not at 4G yet. We're pushing third gen in, in a couple areas, uh, primarily one. But so we've got a lot of first and a little bit of second gen that is strong right now in multiple streams of churches. And we're, we're just seeing a lot of small fires starting across the city. And I think that's a big piece of what it takes is, you know, we, we want to we filter like Jesus did, using parables, using lordship, you know, using hard sayings. And we also want to take what God has in front of us. We want to look for people that are hungry. 
And as we find them, we have to walk at a, at a bite-sized mm. pace with them, give them what they can take with the time they have. And we're noticed as people are taking, you know, one step forward at a time, they're realizing what God is calling them to. They're realizing, okay, my disciples need this kind of time. They need another level of my focus. Mm. And they're buying in based on what's in front of them. So our, our vision cast, it's, we have to be strong and bold and from the word, but we also have to let people walk out the path that, that God has them and their family on, Yeah, you know? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, one of the challenges, we were talking about this uh, just earlier today, one of the challenges that we uh, we wrestle with in a in a large city, especially one like LA that's so spread out. Um, you know, it's not a highly densely populated city that goes up. It, you know, it it spreads way 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 out. Mm. Um, one of the challenges is where does our time go? And I think that's one of our opportunities also. So we were just reflecting today on how some there have been some cases where giving people time and being generous uh, with our investment with them. Um, whether they're really local to us or they're, you know, in a far part of the city or whatever, it speaks differently uh, than, than when I've been, you know, in, on the East coast or, you know, in a smaller, smaller town kind of environment or rural areas, it means something different. Uh, and so there's, there is this element of filtering that I feel like I'm, I'm noticing where when we give time and investment to people, uh, whether they see that as useful or not, whether they see that as an investment or not, in some way is helping us filter in, uh, with, with where we continue to spend our time. Yeah. Uh, so in a more rural, small town environment where I came from before we were here, uh, I would spend time with, with anybody um, just about any time because my commute was 10 minutes. Uh, you know, we all kind of knew some of the same people and, uh, you know, I could just, I could offer that. That was, that was great. And I feel like that was, that was useful. That was appropriate in that setting, mm. but I've had to change my filter a bit in terms of, well, where am I spending my time? How much am I going to commit? What am I asking people? Uh, what am I asking people to, where am I asking them to go with me? Uh, what's the bar that we're setting? Because to, to Rick's point, you know, he said, uh, even with all of what God is allowing us to get to steward and invest in here locally right now we haven't even made a, a tiny dent in the you know we're talking about 20 million people yeah. in our in our metro area it's highly diverse highly segmented one community from the next can be just a world apart one yeah. from another just because they're geographically close doesn't mean they have any other relation yeah. to one another so for me it's just helping me remember the sheer task, the fact that I can't do it. Our team can't do it. God has to do this work. And we have to raise up an army of, of laborers and leaders by God's grace. And so we are just having to look back constantly and celebrate what is God doing so we don't get lost um, in the lostness only. You know, we, we celebrate how Jesus is moving, yeah. but then we don't pat ourselves on the back too much uh, for man, look at, look at where we are. We, you know, we're, we're doing it. We're really doing it. There's a, there's a place for that, but then there's also this important impulse where we've got to turn back and go and look how much more lost this there is. Yeah. So it's 
driving us towards the local ownership of the core missionary tasks. The way we define no place left is that we're aiming for local ownership of the core missionary task amongst every peoples and in every place. And so we're dependent on God to raise up local owners of the core missionary task amongst every people group and in every place, because we can't drive in and out. We can't be the the ones who lead it. Mm. We would, we would just be stuck on the freeway all the time, uh, trying to go get the glory for ourselves if that's what we were trying to do. And it wouldn't work if we could get there in time. Um, but instead we get to see how God is moving through people, uh, who desperately want to see him move in their community. And then we get to just celebrate with what Jesus is doing in the midst of that. Yeah, Puck, as, as you're saying that, there, I think there's, when, when you come in as an outsider and you're really trying to get things started, um, there, there's already a lot that God's doing. But, you know, Puck's talking about how we use our time. And I, I, think, I think in a major city like this, time is, is really felt as love, like loving. And so I just remember, you know, Puck with this family, we were with Jan and Janet this weekend during the intensive, when he was training them in the commands of Christ, he's driving two hours through traffic there and maybe an hour and a half back on a Wednesday. And when he shows up there, what everybody says is this guy came from long beach to help us. And it's just, it communicates, okay, you, you have this vision, but, but you're showing me I'm a part of that by being here and by spending time. And, um, I, I just think there's something to, like, you know, giving our time to communicates value. It communicates, Hey, you're, you're in on this. You're a part of this vision and God wants to use you. Um, and invites them to do the same with their leaders and disciples. And it forces the issue because it's clear to me just a few weeks in, and I'm getting tired of making the drive, you know, getting weary from traffic or whatever. And I know I can't keep this up forever. You know, yeah. I can, I can do this for a, for a certain amount of time, but they see it really clearly too, that, Hey, this, this is going to be on us soon. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're not going to be able to mm-hmm. have this person lead it for us. Mm-hmm. You know, as if, you know, if we were down the street from each other, we would approach that a little differently. Right. But if they're across the city from us, then man, it's really clear. Hey, there's a focused amount of time we can give uh, that's going to be healthy uh, that's going to be sustainable. And then we got to pull away and they have to take ownership of it. And so from the beginning, they were picking that up, realizing, well, this is what we want is to be able to do this here, not to have someone come and do the work for us. And that's what, that's what made it work is because God had already been mm-hmm. stirring that up in their family. Uh, so it was an easy yes uh, to go that far or to go farther, you know, and, and now we have almost an archetype to, to pray for God, give us another family like them. Yeah. Uh, give us a hundred more families like them in the Valley. Give us a hundred more families like them in all the other major areas around our Metro area. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And help us to keep up. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things, main things I've learned about working in a large city like Los Angeles area is like God has clearly called us three and our families out here for this season. And, um, but the people that are here are the plan. Mm -hmm. And we feel like he's really, even though we've started 
a church. It's a church for other church planters. Um, the, um, the Lord is working mightily through these and we're literally just getting to, to wash their feet, to serve them, uh, to provide them training and coaching and mentoring that is going to be passed on. Um, you know, and, and it's coming at a cost for them. Um, seeing each of them, like we haven't gotten to talk a ton about JT yet, but, um, you know, he, he was one of the original leaders that we came out to serve with training. Rick led them through the training cycle. And, um, that's why we moved to Long Beach. We saw what God was doing in their family and, um, but it's, it's cost them, um, Mm -hmm. to obey Jesus in this way. And, now it's funny during during COVID, um, you know they they've got a church of about two fifty that they started twenty years ago. He also started a church in his home after going through Rick's training, and now that church has multiplied to the third generation, including its jump language and culture to a Spanish speaking, which which we've been praying and fasting mm-hmm. for. Because we really believe that the Latino community is a key to movement not just in LA, but the U S but uh, their church has not had to stop meeting. They've, they've split up into 12 different churches now. And, um, and, and some of them were like, Oh, this is what you were talking about. Like, this is awesome. They're caring for one another. They're Mm -hmm. in the word together. They're sharing responsibility They're, You know, it's, it's just, it was amazing to see him, just obey the Lord's leading and persevere in that. Yeah. Uh, my friend Jarrell, who is uh, lives in Inglewood, he is um, African American man, sharp, uh, very uh, just distinctly called to uh, the lostness and needs uh, in the inner city, and um, there is just this this certainty in his life, in his voice, that God is going to move and he is going to give his life to it. Um, we, we met yesterday with, with Kirk who is, and these are, these are all people from this area. They've grown up in this area. Um, Kirk, his wife has been battling cancer. And, uh, so they've been walking through that and just the, the suffering that goes along with that. But, you know, so he's 65, he, he's high risk. So he's, he's got to wear a mask. He doesn't want his wife to get, get sick. He's been, he's got five areas. He had this map that he showed us of Huntington beach, five communities. He has been prayer driving these areas, begging God to move in these five communities. And we were talking about, um, so it's like, golly, what's, what's our excuse? You know, what's anybody else's excuse, but this is the kind of like calling and cost, um, that, and the kind of people we get to work with, but we're talking through like, yeah. you know, as the restrictions start to lift and he, we're talking about, um, you know, do you knock doors? He, and he just with tears in his eyes said, I don't really care how we do it guys. I just know we need to get the gospel to these people. These people need the gospel. And, and it was just like, wow, this, this is what it's going to take, you know? And to think yeah. like, we get to like, we get to serve these people. We get to walk with these people, you know, for as long as they need us. And, yeah. and the, the other amazing thing, so there's a probably nine different leaders or networks that we're getting to walk with right now that, that COVID, like we're driving all over the city, meeting with them. 
you know, because that's what was needed. But with the lockdown, we've been able to meet with them at two different times online and have these weekly gatherings where we're just digging right into Luke, digging into Acts. We're going through the WordWorks wineskin study right now. Like, and so like they are growing in their relationship with one another. Now we've got some community of practices together. They're problem solving together. And it's like, I just feel like it's the Lord has used this time to really bring things. Yeah, there's been suffering, but there's been breakthroughs. And I feel like he's setting us up for uh, who knows how long we're going to be locked down. I mean, it's probably going to be at least another year here, we're guessing. Um, But God's moving amidst this this chaos. And uh, we were joking today about what our plan looked like for like the first hundred days, what we we thought our schedule was going to look like. And we're just like laughing like, oh, that's so cute. We thought that that's what we were going to be doing, where we're going to be. But like... (laughs) The people that we get to serve Jesus with, and um, it's it's worth it's worth dying for. And even though we're on this lockdown, we're seeing Him move, and we're able to pour ourselves out uh, to see uh, local ownership here. But that this love for Jesus and love for one another um, would that that cannot be contained. Um, mm-hmm. That we we would we would see that across our city, and that it would spread from here. Because the nations are here, that it would it would that we're seeing uh, people going overseas. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> well, but. <laughs>